0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time
1: to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. This show part of the 440 Sports Network. Today's episode features Luke Wyatt. We'll talk baseball and really kind of put a bow on the season that was, and, and maybe some things with the future of the program. We'll take some mailbag questions, and oh, by the way, stay for the last few minutes of the show. We've got some important developments and announcements that I want everybody to hear. So with that, thank you for listening. Here's today's episode with Luke Wyatt. Luke Wyatt joins us. It's a Wednesday morning slash afternoon, Vanderbilt baseball is about a week and a half in the rearview mirror. We didn't get a chance to do a show to talk about that last week. We've got tons of mailbag questions as people have turned the page to football season. And by the way, I want to get this out. Here's just a housekeeping. Joey Dwyer and I will try to do a basketball roster podcast next week. I just have not had time to get to that. So keep listening for that. And then stay tuned to the end of this one because Luke and I've got some matters uh, we want to talk about and and sort of an announcement. I'll just leave it at that. You can hear it when we get there, but in any case, Luke, thanks for joining me today. I hope you're doing well.
0: It's a pleasure. I've missed talking to you uh, or at least podcasting with you. I've talked to you, but um, yeah, baseball wrapped up in a disappointing way. However, you know uh, I guess you could feel we feel a little better than maybe Arkansas did because they were not competitive in their regional I I uh if I gave the team a grade for this season or expectations and all that wrapped into one I would give it a B B plus uh I think the pitching injuries uh told the tale you know we talked about it in midseason when we were sitting in first place uh, what what was the problem with this team, what could become. And I said, well, health. And I think you and I agreed on that. And unfortunately, that was really the main reason we uh, didn't go any further than we did. You lose two one-run baseball games. Uh, the Oregon game, you just get out slugged. I mean, I think we hit more barrels than they did, but still lost the game eight to seven because we hit a lot of atom balls and then the next day uh, and I think coach Corbin alluded to this uh the let it affect them which is not a good way to do things uh because we had a great pitching performance but we didn't hit a lick and so far so the, the season ends um, i was ha- i was proud of a lot of kids i think i think you were dead on about enrique i didn't really see it probably as much as you did about his possibly dealing with an injury throughout the year but uh you could tell there was something amiss that you could put your finger on it uh and I still don't know what it was but he was not himself he did the very best he could and he was still a great player even uh still made some of the best plays you'll ever see a center fielder make in college baseball um RJ Shrek, the only transfer was did his job he had a little slump at the end but everybody does that i felt like uh pitching defense and the uh, uh, hitting were were average to above average. And it came down to the injuries and in pitching, I think, that doomed us at the end.
2: Yeah, now that I've had a week to
1: think about it, I've got some thoughts that maybe I didn't have a week ago. And I want to go there and to maybe the topic of really how good this team was. But first of all, I know we talked – off air. You heard Tim Corbin on one of the local radio stations. I don't know which, but we talked yes. privately, I guess, this week or last week. You said you felt a lot better about Corbin staying here long term after listening to that. And I'll just let you explain.
0: Yeah, it was uh and I guess I can say this. It was on five sixty with Greg Pogue and John Burton. Uh, He did like a 30-minute, maybe even longer than that. He and Maggie were on there at the same time, which I thought was really cool. Um, And he talked about, of course, the end of the season and that type of thing. But they got into – when they were talking to Maggie, and I think Maggie was more revealing than Tim, uh, mentioning some friends they have in the area because one of the questions one of the people had, one of the – excuse me, listeners had, was, uh, you guys go out to eat a lot. What restaurants do you like to go to? And so they named a few, and then I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but Maggie said, we're so excited about, and I'm paraphrasing, we're excited about the new expansion of the stadium, and hopefully that restaurant can move into the stadium. So everything that she alluded to sounded like they're really happy where they are. They were getting ready to go on the road and recruit. Together. I didn't realize Maggie went on all the recruiting trips with him. I knew she went to some of them, but I didn't know she basically was there all the time. And I think that's really cool. Um, so I think, you know, that's their children. And my wife and I were talking about it, about how long Tim would go. And I said, well, if he stays healthy, I feel like he'll at least go another five years. And she said, Luke, as long as that man's healthy, he'll go as long as his health allows him. And I said, why do you say that? She said, because of Maggie, because it's a woman's intuition. Maggie is like a mother to those kids and uh, she follows them after they leave. I guarantee you she can name all of them's children that they've had over the years and stuff like that. So it's home for them. They're not going anywhere, I don't think, uh, unless there's any some health issues.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I've always said I thought the biggest reason Tim Corbin wouldn't leave would be because he would have to make a speech <laughs> to a couple of people at some point. His bosses at Vanderbilt and probably bigger than that, the players. And again, Tim Corbin has been courted by LSU twice, by Auburn, by which was a much bigger deal at the time than Vanderbilt was when that happened, by Mississippi State, by Clemson, by Oregon. And all those had a unique pitch that was appealing to him in their own ways. But, again, when push came to shove, he just couldn't leave. And I think now, and this is repetitive of something I said a week ago, but if people didn't hear it, I just think the facilities and getting so much. And it does sound like that's going to be a really, really nice. Yeah. Set of improvements once it's done. I, I'm with you. That feels to me like that has cemented him for a while. Although again, I, I would say the the conditions in the game seem to have driven him crazy uh, for reasons I can sympathize with, and that would be the wild card. But I just don't think you can continue the chaos that we see in baseball with the portal. I've I've heard names of prominent players at other SEC schools this week. Uh, who are still playing, rumored to be moving on to other schools that are still playing and stuff like that. And we'll we'll just – So bad. I'll leave the names and the schools out of it, but uh, you just see the movement maybe when it happens when the season is done. But, yeah, I I think well, that sooner or later – everybody knows this is chaos and craziness and can't last, and it at some point that's got to turn into some kind of a solution. Now, my pessimism would be uh, that – that could be in the hands of the the two most incompetent organizations on the planet, which will be Congress and the NCA. So there is that. But other than that, I think at some point the, the craziness has to subside.
0: Well, and Chris, we talked about, you know, last year, and I won't mention teams or names, but we knew there was some tampering with bats and gloves and stuff like that. Well, this year it's almost like, Okay, there's not going to be tampering because there's not going to need to be tampering. When I look and see the Wake Forest, when I see Wake Forest hit nine home runs in a game, I mean, good grief! Come on, we—I mean, it's soft. It's softball. It's beer league softball. I—I yep. I, I don't get it. I, if it's the bat side of the wrapper or the ball, uh, you know, I've heard both. Uh, and so, if it is both, the combination is deadly. Uh, I think Tennessee hit a home run the other day that. As far as any major league home run, just about this year, Burke, I think hit it. I mean, that come on. There's something going on, and we all know that. Um, I just hate that because it's it's ruined what's a great game. No one wants to see twenty-two to five. No one also wants to see two to one. But you know, but seven to five baseball games. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's where we need to be. And there is a way to get to that again because it was that way for a while. and I hope it gets back that way. And as far as the, the transfer portal NIL, yeah, I've got problems with all of that. But it's not going away. So we gotta deal with it. Um I think Vanderbilt will be in the market for one or two, maybe three at the most, kind of guys. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a development program. It's not Tim's not gonna change that. And I and I uh it's just like Clark is doing in football, very similar. And I don't think uh as a Vanderbilt fan you'd want them to. Because if you change the way you do things at this point, after 21 years, it won't be successful.
1: I'll keep the names out of it. And I know he's taken a lot of heat for not being aggressive enough in the portal. That's perception. I I do again, and I'm not going to get into naming names and stuff. I do think that they were more active in the portal last year than than people perceive. Some of those kids just wound up other places. Right. But... and I won't won't name names here, but I was talking to another friend of mine who covers a major program in this league that was pretty aggressive in the portal, and this guy was talking to the coach he covered and said, yeah, I think that we encountered some problems with chemistry and stuff like this, and this is all me paraphrasing, that I'm not going to put up with next year, that we're going to look more at character and some other things like that. And so, like, even some of the programs that played it like it was fantasy baseball in a way, I think are starting to realize maybe that the way Tim has approached it, there might be something there.
0: I think there is. And, and you know, to be an outlier, which is not that Vanderbilt's an outlier, outlier and, and not that Tim is, but it's going to be in the minority of the approach from teams. You're not going to see most people do it. They're going to take the, what I call the easy way out. You know, I look at the lineup, and I always refer to Tennessee because that's the other team here in the state. But their entire lineup that they lost eight of nine starters last year have all been replaced mostly by transfers. They had a starting pitcher that was from Charlotte. You had a guy from Cincinnati, a guy from Kansas who was illegally recruited, obviously. Uh, You know, so if you want to go that route and do that – you. I don't know. I just, I I wouldn't enjoy it myself. I don't think I really wouldn't. No, I I find,
1: I find we're at this intersection where there's things that make me think the game is better and healthier than ever and and poised to take off. And then there are those other things that just some days make me almost not want to watch.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. You know, and not, not sour grapes that we're not in the, in Omaha, but I'll be honest with you. I'm, There's only maybe a couple teams that I'm interested in watching. The Oral Roberts story is neat. Uh, I'm excited for Wake Forest. I hope they do well. Uh, But I don't, you know, Stanford. I like Stanford. to Those type of schools because I think they try to do it the right way. So uh, I'm excited about that, but uh, there's not the excitement to me. I'll be interested to see, Chris, and, and you might want to elaborate on this, how that ballpark will play with the bats and the balls. Will we see well, a bunch of homer even in Omaha?
1: Yeah, I remember doing some pre- previews for Omaha. I don't remember if it was last year. Well, it would have to be the year before because this time last year I was recovering from surgery, not doing much. But I remember saying hey, some of these run totals and things that you're seeing, you, you get get ready for some lower run totals because the park, well, then the park started playing a lot bigger. And I don't know if it was just. The wind that week or what it was or the the balls were already starting to be tampered with or I said mm-hmm. tampered with, changed. I don't know what it was, but th- that park played a lot bigger in Omaha two years ago and I think did last year too. So I don't know what to expect. I mean, the, the ball is used for sure. And, well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say for sure. I don't know, but that's the, the thought that people have – felt them and said they feel differently and all those things. And, again, you're seeing the, the 480 and 500-foot home runs even at times that would seem to back that up. So I don't know. I just feel like that would be the one place that you usually would know. And I, I think even th- these guys are so big and strong and between the bats and the balls. I mean, it, it's going to play differently than it would in Wake or Knoxville or someplace like that. But are, are the fences enough to contain – home runs in Omaha, I don't know. And by the way, I think it's going to be a phenomenal event. I think in terms of the talent, it's the best I ever remember.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, which me, which really makes it sad that you, you have all this other problem yes. with the ball. Of yeah. You'd like to just sit out and play out otherwise. Um, the, one other thing about the balls, I've been told from someone that I rely on, that the baseballs are the same ones that are used in minor league baseball. Now, I don't know what that means from rookie league to triple A. I don't know what that means, or is it just what triple A is using? But minor league baseball came to a realization that more runs is entertaining, that you can get more people to baseball games. Because in minor leagues, you know how it is. A lot of times, it's, it's, it's more of a family atmosphere. So they, they feel like it's 10 to 9 games that are better than 2 to 1 games. And so the ball is juiced in minor leagues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is an offense-heavy era across the board in in baseball college to pros. But back to Vandy for a minute, Luke. I've had this sort of disconnect between maybe the the way I perceive the team and, and maybe the most pessimistic element of the fan base perceives the team and 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 even some question in my mind because I I do watch and I do see the things that people were critical of at the same time at the same time I watch probably as much college baseball as just about anybody and so my perception on it's always going to be different because a lot of teams had the issues they had this year and a lot of teams in Omaha still have some of the issues they had this year so it's like where does the dust settle on this and I think I've got two bookends that I think would sort of frame it nicely. I look at three computers in college baseball a lot uh, because I like them. I think Kenneth Massey's does a pretty decent job and I think they all factor different things. I think uh, the ISOV, which is uh, Kevin Pogwa's computer he's kind of known more for the basketball ratings, but he's got a baseballs that's pretty a baseball rating system that's pretty good and I think that and certainly, Warren Nolan's ELO chess is is one that adjusts for who you beat. Uh, It's not based as much on margin of victory. So you get kind of three different approaches by three computers, and I think they all tell you something. As of this morning, they are, and this includes the games that have been played since they've been eliminated. Kenneth Massey has Vanderbilt sixes of this morning. The ELO computer, which, is, again, is based on, on who you beat and winning and losing, uh, is has got them eighth. And the ISOF has got them seven. So everything in those three computers, and I would have done Boyd's World. He used to do a good job, and he's got them fifth, but the problem is he hasn't updated his since May the 14th, so that's no good. That's another one I used to look at, but I don't anymore because he updates it pretty sporadically. So what that in my back pocket you take the human element and emotion and compare them to everybody else. The computers say that was a pretty good team deserving of a national seed. And I'm looking at RPI this morning too, while I'm at it, there's still eight in RPI even after they've been eliminated. So there's that too. So the computers say that was a team that was deserving of, of being a national seed, And I would agree. Now, Other people have looked at them and taken their issues. The hitting and and the Baxter issue was one that we've gone through time and time again. The pitching is one that people have gone through. Again, I think that boiled down to health, and they really were not the same team the last half of the season. And I think this is kind of where I connect the gap between what the computers say they are and what I thought they were much of the season and the pessimistic view of them which was held by a lot of their fans which was they really weren't that good I do some stuff I I do a little bit of freelance writing I don't do much anymore just because of workload outside of what I do for the site and, and for the southeastern conference venture that I run but I do some fantasy baseball writing every year I get asked in the winter and before Omaha and before the draft to give my thoughts on college players who might end up being guys that you want to own in fantasy baseball one day. And I I spend several hours uh, in the winter and then again in the summer, and I just finished my summer research and and turned it in this morning. And so they asked me to take a look at the eight teams in Omaha and, and, and size that up. And when I started looking across rosters at the elite of the elite, and when we're talking Florida, LSU, Tennessee to some degree certainly Wake Forest. Wake is a juggernaut. There's a pretty big disconnect between the star power at Vanderbilt and those schools. Um, Shrek and Bradfield were about as good as it got for Vandy on the hitting side. Shrek slumped late. Bradfield just was never the same guy all year, and he really wasn't a a masher anyway. But you look and you compare Vanderbilt. They got some good players. I, I think that gets overlooked at times. I think Austin and Diaz and Vastine, a lot of those guys are are good players, but you start comparing them to the great teams and and the superstar power they have, and I don't ever remember the gap in the last decade being as big as it is between Vanderbilt and those guys now, and I think that's where they're falling short, and that's where they're going to have to get it back.
0: Well, I I agree to an extent, but I, I keep going back to the pitching injuries. How have we always won? Pitching, except for the 59-12 and team in 2019 that had that incredible lineup with Baudet and those guys. Still, you look, the pitching was incredible. When Mason Hickman is your third starter, how good are you? So, I I still go back to the pitching injuries. When you don't see your best incoming arm in DeKanich for basically the whole year, you have the situation with Hunter Owen who pitched, but Obviously, wasn't himself. You have Carter Holton only giving you half the season. Uh, You have, uh, I guess, Colton Reagan's arm. Couldn't pitch there. Uh, And who am I forgetting? There's a fifth one. It was injured a lot. Uh, Well, um,
1: Michael Doolin never threw a pitch this year. That might be who you're thinking.
0: Yeah, and then you had a Laboke who hadn't played in two years, and he, as the season went on, he got better and better. So that just shows you there, you know, you had to wait on him to get to where he should be. I, I just – I think it's more pitching because, you know, as well as I do, Chris, Corbin's always – most – I say always, nearly always it's pitching and defense is what he wins with. And uh, I don't think that's going to change. Now, can we find a couple of guys that can be boppers? Absolutely. But – and and I think you and I have talked about this at some point. What happens if they uh, – if the ball goes back to being normal, so to speak? Yeah and the bats, then Vanderbilt becomes a favorite, so to speak, right? Because of their pitching and defense, that's why I don't think Tim will go away from that. But I agree yeah. with the talent thing. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, it's obvious we don't have guys hitting twenty five and thirty home runs. I mean, we and we're not going to uh, unless we get them in via the portal, or you wind up getting a kid like uh, that, you, that you expect is going to go in the MLB draft, and he somehow comes to Vanderbilt like a Pedro Alvarez did. That's the only way we're going to get that.
1: Yeah, no, I would maybe size up the pitching a little differently, and and, and it's kind of on your side of the argument, too. I, I guess I would say, yes, that the pitching injuries absolutely affected them, and I think that's what ultimately wrecked their season. You talked about how it's a lot easier for hitters to press when they know they've got to score more runs than they might normally have to. And I think you saw that at times. Certainly I think you probably saw that they day they, they got eliminated. But and even that, it was like, well, I go back and I say, well, I look at this pitching staff. Do I see a Kyle Wright or a Walker Bueller or a David Price or Carson Fulmer? or any number of great arm a sunny gray and I I don't think that they had an arm in that category but then I'm like well I I don't know maybe they would have maybe if Carter Holton had been healthy the whole year he would have been that guy maybe that would have been the same for Hunter Owen who certainly kind of looked like that type of pitcher at times but those guys probably weren't healthy from some point in April on to we just never saw it because he threw six innings all year so I would say that it seems like there's a gap in star power between their top arms and what we've seen and, and maybe what some other teams had with the Skeens or, or someone like that. But those guys were, were not at full health all year. And we just don't know what they would have been had that, had they been.
0: Well, just let's look at Carter Holton. His first five stars after the Tennessee game is when his health issues and his Mechanic issues and all that went south.
1: Well, no, it was, before, it was before that because he didn't pitch a week or two before the Tennessee the, game. But, they, but after right. the Tennessee They're game, he didn't pitch well again. Yeah.
0: Right. The Tennessee game, he allows one run on two hits in that ballpark. One run on two hits. That, that Friday night when Tennessee won, they won on four solo home runs. Until the, or three solo home runs. And then the, the walk-off in the 12th or whatever, however many innings they went. So he was fine to that point, but after the Tennessee series, that was it. You basically didn't have Carter Holton. I mean, I was at the Alabama game when he he was so off and uncomfortable from the first pitch of the game, and I think he may have lasted an inning and a half, an uh, inning and a third. I, I, and I knew then, I said, he's got major issues, and I don't know whether it's physical or mental or what, but he's got problems. So... And then, and then when you don't have Hunter Owen, you're sitting there trying to hope that Patrick Crowley can do okay as a starter. Uh, and he did do a good job in relief. I mean, those guys did as good as they could because their role expanded. And when you start expanding kids' roles, you know, that, that's why they're in college still. They're not pros and they're going to have issues. And if you look around the conference, I think the reason Tennessee's in Omaha is because they haven't had any injuries in the pitching staff.
1: Yeah, the guys no, you're, you're the right.
0: Win, they still got them, and that's why they're there. And then, of course, LSU's there because of their, their lineup. Florida's there because of their lineup. And then you add schemes to the to the mix with LSU, that's, that's an automatic Friday win pretty much. So I yeah. think it's I, – I mean, I'm just going to keep saying what I say about the pitching. I, I think it was that 90% of it.
1: I'm gonna give you a rundown quickly of of the talent that's in Omaha. Okay, you've got LSU, it's got Cruz and Skeens who potentially are one two overall this year. You got Tommy White who's a potential top ten pick next year. You got White Langford who, if it's not Cruz or Skeens at one, is gonna be one one unless somebody goes high school. So you got a, a top five pick at Florida in Langford. You got Jack Caglione two-way guy who's getting mentioned 1-1 overall next year you got Hurston Waldrop in that rotation for Florida who is a probably mid first rounder uh, through upper 90s had that splitter that was so good you got Brandon Sproat, who actually went 90th overall last year and came back he's probably going to get drafted in that same stratosphere Josh Rivera made it played played his way to the first round you got they got Curland and Brandon Neely, who are maybe first-rounders in the next couple years. Same with Cade Fisher. Wake Forest has got Rhett Louder's going to be a first-rounder this year. Brock Wilkin, uh, who's the ACC's career home run leader, going to be a first-rounder next year or this year, um, probably. Nick Kurtz, lefty for them. Josh Hardle, potential first-rounders the next couple years. And they got several other guys that are top 100 picks. Stanford's got Tommy Troy, first-rounder this year. Braden Montgomery, first-rounder next year. Uh, Tennessee's got Dolaner, first rounder this year. Beam, first rounder next year, probably. Burns, first rounder next year, probably. Blake Burke, top 100 pick next year. Ahuna, first rounder this year, maybe. Virginia, Teal and Geloff, maybe first rounders this year. Uh, Geloff, for sure. Uh, TCU, Braden Taylor, first rounder this year. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of good players that I didn't even get into, that could be first-rounders in the future. And you compare that with Vandy, and the first-rounder for sure right now in this draft is Bradfield, who again was hurt. Here's what I'm getting at. The, the more I look at it, and I compare them to the top-end teams in this country, and I remember the injuries and the inexperience in the lineup, I think Tim did a really good job this year. Because they have they had a good team, but I just don't think the top-end guys, uh, and again, injury had a big deal to to do with that matched up with everybody else's in that regard. Uh, and, that, and that's why I think Tim did a really good job because at the end of the day with all that, they ended up, what, a, a game out of the SEC overall title and they won the tournament.
0: Right. Uh, well, let me ask you this. While you were reeling off those names, how many of those guys, and let's go back again, Vanderbilt's philosophy, how many of those guys were transfers at some point? A bunch of them
1: uh Skeens and white at lsu were um waldrop at at florida was and this is at a minimum uh one or two of wake's arms were transfers and several of their position players were i don't think stanford so much tennessee dolander transfer burns i'm sorry neither burns or beam uh ahuna transfer andrew lindsey transfer dylan dryling transfer of, of their key guys um Virginia, I'm not sure, and, and the other teams, I'm right. not as sure. Dent. But Merritt transfer, Denton transfer. Oh, Griffin Merritt. Yeah, I forgot about him. Denton transfer.
0: Denton. The reason they're there, transfer. Yes. So you know
1: they had to catch and and Denton was up. the kind of transfer they needed because he kept his mouth shut and minded their business, and that's kind of what they lacked a year ago.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, I guess my point is this. So let's just say 50% of that's transfers that you named off. So Vanderbilt's not going to take many of those. So therefore, right. that's, again, it proves your point a little bit about what why Vanderbilt wasn't
1: didn't maybe make it to Omaha. Yeah, that you heard at LSU would be another one. Um, any parting thoughts on baseball before we go to the mailbag?
2: No, I'll just... Years we haven't made it to
0: Omaha. Look, I'll take 17 straight NCAA invites and uh, take my chances on getting to Omaha. If you go every year, you got a chance every year. You know, a, a perfect example is would we rather be where we're at right now or be where Ole Miss and Mississippi State felt about midway through this season? And they just, they were your last two champions. So it can go away real quick, folks. And you better be glad that we have the most consistent baseball program in the Southeastern Conference.
1: Do you know what Ole Miss and State also both did, and particularly Ole Miss?
2: Uh, was it heavy transfer?
0: I don't know.
1: Heavy transfers.
0: Yeah, there you go. So it doesn't work every time.
1: <laughs> no. All right, the mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number six one five eight four six sixty two hundred. See what your rights are and if they can help. let's see, Dorfan six. Have you been to any of these summer football workouts and practices? If so, how are they looking?
0: I have not. I won't I won't go over there until uh, I'm actually just gonna have lunch probably with Clark and, and Ben soon. But besides that, once practice starts is when I'll be over there.
1: NBA door, would you make any changes to the baseball staff?
0: Well, I'm not there every day. You know, I'm sure there will be staff changes. I don't know about the big staff changes uh, that people are talking about. I I, I don't see that um, unless those guys get another opportunity somewhere else. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, the argument I – the one that everyone always brings up is Mike Baxter. You know, you look at our last weekend of baseball and you're saying, okay, did Mike Baxter have a good weekend against Oregon? Sure. He did the very next day. No, he didn't. So how's that Mike's back? Mike Baxter's fault.
1: NBA door. Would you make any, I'm sorry. How shocked were you by the collective pony ponying up big for Tyron Lawrence and transfers?
0: I was not shocked. I was surprised. I, I know there's, Ways, if you really want to keep a kid, to hang on to him, and in, in this day and age, I didn't realize it would be that lucrative. I don't know the exact number, but it sounds like it was pretty good, um, which is encouraging because you know that there's you, to win the war, you got to win some battles. Now, the, at Vanderbilt, you're not going to win every battle just because of that, but uh, the, it was exciting to know that if we really wanted a player that bad, that we
2: did what we had to do to keep
1: him. NBA door, how much credit should really be going to Candace versus the Chancellor versus Ingram slash boosters for the success of Andy United? That's a really well, good
0: one. That is a good question.
1: And let me throw one more footnote in here. Tommy McClellan might be a guy that deserves mention in this one too.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, I've had a couple of dealings with Tommy. Uh, he's always been very nice and very forthright to me and honest. So I like Tommy a lot. Um, but I I always go back to Deermeyer. I was at, look I was at Vanderbilt a long time. And the only time that I felt comfortable with our success and that we were all pulling the rope in the right direction same direction was when Gordon Gee was the chancellor and when Daniel deermeyer has been the chancellor. That's the only two times. All the other times, we may have had a good athletic director and, and they couldn't get any help, or you had a bad athletic director that wasn't doing his job. So right now, just hang on to Diermeier, uh for, for dear life because he's, he's the straw that stirs the drink, buddy.
1: SR Kane and this is a topic that's kind of been bubbling under the surface. I've gotten texts about this this week and I don't really know the right answer here cuz I haven't had time to dig into it. SR Kane says what have you heard about First Bank State, uh, excuse me, First Bank Stadium renovation timelines as it pertains to being able to play home games there this fall?
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure I understand the question. I, I don't think Oh, well issue, let me you know? let me
1: cut to the chase. There's been some talk that they may have to move some games off campus this fall.
0: Uh, I don't think if they run into something that's not doing right now. I don't think that'll happen. Now, could we play a game over at
1: uh, uh, what's the name of John Ingram Stadium? Geotus. Uh Yeah, have, a soccer field. I can't think of it either.
0: Geodas Park is the name of it. Yes. If we have, you know, if we do, I think that's what will happen. We play there over or down uh, uh, Nissan Stadium, one of the two. But I don't, I don't, I can't see that happening. I don't think there's going to be an issue. I really don't.
1: If there is an issue, obviously the first issue would be the opener. Which here's another thing: they open August the twenty sixth. That's earlier than every SEC team by a week. Tennessee yeah. plays the next week at the Titan Stadium against Virginia. I don't know, I wouldn't think that would be an obstacle if they had to move it there, but just going to throw that out.
0: Yeah, I mean if if if, it, if there is a problem, it's obviously going to be those first couple of games against ANM, uh, Alabama a and uh and Hawaii. So I mean, if you have to move those, that's not that big of a deal if you play at Geodis one week and Nissan the next, let's say. You're still a fan.
1: No, no, I wouldn't think so either. Um, sorry to cut you off. We've got a little delay in the broadcast, just so people know. Dorfan says, which is worse, losing in our regional or losing like Texas lost in a super regional? At least we got our grief out of the way early. If you didn't see Texas-Stanford, the ending to that one, I've never seen anything like it. It's tied at 6 in the 9th. Stanford thinks it's hit a home run to walk it off and a guy's basically going into celebration trot on his way to second and removing his helmet, then realizes the ball hits the wall, and he had to hustle to get to second. And then with two outs, uh, Drew Bowser hits a routine pop-up for Stanford to shallow right. Uh, The right fielder lost it in the lights. The center fielder lost it in the lights. And the second baseman was running back. I think he presumed that the Outfielders would get it, and same with the shortstop. Next thing you know, it drops between all four guys. Uh, Bowser hadn't even been running it out at first. He just knew it was a routine pop-up. The ball drops in between four guys. Nobody's close to it, and there's your season.
0: Yeah, I saw the end of it. I, yeah, that's
1: an awful way to lose.
0: Um, I don't know if there is a good time to lose or a bad time. I Honestly, the only one I can refer to would be the way Arkansas lost the College World Series that time that would probably be one you could never get over.
1: Yeah, oh, that was the, – the Arkansas fans are still broken up about that. And I don't blame them. And I, I would be too.
0: I don't blame them for that. No, I don't blame them for that at all. Yeah, I, I, there's not a good time to lose or a bad time. I mean, if you're not going to win it all, it doesn't really matter. So
1: That's one of the few times I've seen kids coming off the field in tears.
0: Oh, I
2: can imagine. I, that's yeah. Just, yeah.
1: Your fan, which are you cheering for in Omaha—the SEC to win it all again, or Tennessee to go two and queue?
0: Well, I'm not a SEC win it all guy. Let's—I'm going to be honest and forthright. Not that—not that I'm one of those. Well, we didn't win it, so I don't want the conference to win. It's not that. I guess I just being around the league too long. I know too much. <laughs> so I—I uh, I don't honestly. Uh, if, if I, if you said, who do you want to win the, win the thing, I'd probably wait for it. Or, or, original Robert, Chi- or Robert's.
1: Oh yeah. That's a great story. Uh, alma moderate Mike yeah. Rapp, who used to, used to be on the site with me, used to be a wonderful photographer yeah. and still is a wonderful yeah. photographer. He's not dead. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and, and a good writer too. Okay. Original shy or If you were consulting on equipment spaces and new football facilities, what would you advise?
0: Uh, Space, space, space. (laughs) Look, the one thing I always wanted when I was the equipment manager is more space. And with what little they have done over there uh, so far, they actually lost space, which is mind-boggling to me. So they're in dire need of having to, you know, they have to store stuff in the stadium and the indoor facility and stuff. You shouldn't have to do that. Um, And the way the kids love the swag or... I guess they call it the drip now. That's one of the first things they want to see is the equipment, the, the uniforms, the helmets, the shoes. That's, what, that's the thing they want to see. So that, the equipment room is kind of a spotlight uh, on recruiting right now. So space is the main thing.
1: Okay, Midge VU, does Luke have any insider info or general thoughts as to why are predicting major or at least solid improvements on the defensive side of the ball besides quite obviously the defensive line uh, projected with Miles to be better? I think he means Miles Capers, uh, who I'm not sure what his status is, but anyway, uh, question is around why is the defense going to be better, which has been widely thought to be the case.
0: Well, two things. We have players that make plays right now uh talking about taylor uh DeRicky wright's a type of kid mahoney you have names that now uh of course in the sec they may not be household names but to a vanderbilt fan you got guys that are proven on the field that can make plays the first two years except for anthony orgy you didn't have that you had it starting to develop but now you have proven guys that have seen a lot in the SEC. And the fact that we have, deep, we have depth now. You know that's, that's always been a problem at Vanderbilt, always will be. But if you can have some quality depth and get a little more pressure on the passer, and I'm not talking about sacks. We're not going to lead the league in sacks ever. But just get the guy off his spot. Make him move. That's, that's what this team is capable of doing. And I think the linebacker, the linebacking, even though we lose Orgy, as a group, as a whole, is going to be better.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think my questions are at corner. If they can get corner figured out, that's going to be a better defense. And that's a big if, but it almost can't it is, be much man. worse.
0: It is, but I'm telling you, if, if they do figure that part out, they could be in the middle of the pack defensively. Yeah. If they figure that part out.
1: I shouldn't say they couldn't be much worse. Again, a lot of that goes back to pass rush, and if your corners are covering for six seconds, then anybody's going to have an issue with that. But Hogan knows. He says, I'm very excited about the football season. Do you see a bowl trip this year?
0: Yeah, I've said it before. I think that we're going to go six and six minimum. I think we'll be playing Tennessee with six in our pocket. I've said that all along. If it's more than that, that's great, but I think at least six by the time we get there. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a lot of people say, well, we got to go 4-0 and right out of the chute. And the first six games, the last six are a lot more, more difficult. I get that. But how many times do we always look at the schedule and think, well, these are going to be better chances? It never works out that way. You know, if we stay healthy, those games toward the end, there's a couple in there that are winnable as well.
1: Okay, last. I think this is the last one. I'll hit refresh and see if there's more. Black Outdoor says, beyond what's been announced facilities-wise via Vandy United, what are the next major facility items that Luke thinks need to be addressed? And should Vandy start focusing more on NIL now as opposed to further facility upgrades?
0: Well, I always say this, and I said this before we, we ever put a shovel in the ground for anything. The first, the only people I'm going to ask about facilities, if I'm the athletic director or Daniel Diermeyer or whoever, or committee or whatever, I'm going to get the athletes in there. And I'm going to get the exit interviews of seniors and say, what would have made your experience better at Vanderbilt athletically in this, in this building and in, 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 in athletics period? What can we do facility-wise? What would you want? If you had a wish list, give me a wish list one through three what would you want to be better now you're going to get varying opinions on that but at the same time those are the ones that matter it doesn't matter how nice your head coach's office is it doesn't matter how great your offensive line coach's office is it's all about what the kids use every single day so just whatever the kids want is what's the most important thing facility-wise
1: yeah and here's the Boy, this is the fly in the ointment. The IRS now is starting to audit collectives and, and the, the nonprofit status for collectives is going away. That's probably going to cause headaches for people. I heard Neil McCrady and Chase Parham talking about this on the uh, Ole Miss podcast they do, which I, I think is phenomenal. Um, they're so good at that. But they were talking about now you're going to see boosters who got who made donations that thought they were tax exempt. That may not end up being that way. That's going to be a mess. Like this nil thing has got Ooh. boy, there's there's a lot under the surface there that that could be changing everything pretty soon. I I don't know ten percent of it, but it's been out there in the news this week.
0: Well, I know someone who is given, and he's under the understanding that it will it will if you've given by a certain date, you're fine because you did you know you were under the assumption that it was tax-exempt, but moving forward at a certain date date to be named yet, it it will not be. That's what I was told.
1: All right. Are you ready for the fun part?
2: (laughs) Sure. Let's do this.
1: Yeah. And Luke and I have been having these conversations privately for a while, and, and, and this is just some some days you hear my frustration when i do the podcast and i've had people like are you okay and everything and and yeah i am the, the, the think a lot of the things that you've heard me frustrated about are, are going to be outlined in the next few minutes and i've got some thoughts written out i don't want it to be too scripted but i also don't want it to you know go all kinds of places either and and so i'm just gonna i'm gonna start it off i'll let you interject every few minutes here um this is the 20-year anniversary of our site, as people know. The podcast has now been around, I think, since 2015. I had a radio show for a couple of years. Did a post-game call-in show with that that was around before that. So if you want to count that as part of the podcast, I've been doing broadcast work for about a decade now involving Vanderbilt. And the 20-year anniversary was was sort of a, a reality check in a lot of ways. I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But I, w- I wanna go back to the beginning, Luke, and I I kind of got you helping me with the podcast because I think we're like minded in this. I never started any of this with the idea I was going to be wealthy. Uh it started with the idea of having grown up here. I thought the coverage, and I'm not knocking the people who were doing it at the time Mitch Light and Bill Troche had just gone out of business. You just couldn't find much info on Vanderbilt. uh The coverage was awful. There wasn't much in the way of spring and fall camp. There was some and again, it would you know knowing how little audience there is for this now i don't I don't judge the people that you know were weren't doing their jobs at the time um, but this has kind of been a this summer's going to be kind of a make-or-break point for what we do here. Um, I've spent a lot of time talking to you about it privately, of of how to strategize this. And, and spoiler alert, um, I, Luke and I kind of have a vision for what we want to do with this. But kind of the gap between where we are and where we want to be is... Uh, About like the gap in that north end zone right now that's been demolished.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, let me me say a couple of things right here. Number one, I want everybody to understand this is not a bitch and moan or woe is me situation well
1: and and, and one uh, more thing i i want to i want to hit two before we do that and i'm sorry to cut you off but i meant to mention this off the stop i off the top i appreciate everybody who's ever sponsored this left a good review on the website sent me an encouraging message uh subscribe to the website like th- there's been a lot of people that have supported this and the thing that's made it awkward and and has led to a lot of um conversations of how do we do this is like you you don't want to start something like this by saying you know but by sounding unappreciative to everybody who's helped you in the meantime and 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 shake a fist at your customers if that makes sense so that's that's not what we're doing here i just want to get that out of the way first too right
0: well that's that's basically my point as well Uh, and i want to say this first of all i want people to understand this when I started doing these podcasts with Chris, uh, please understand, I don't get a penny. I don't want a penny. I don't want anything. I do it because I love Vanderbilt. And as you can tell, I'm obviously biased to Vanderbilt. When we start talking about other things, uh, I'm like a lot of you fans out there. I don't like university of Tennessee's athletics. And I think a lot of you are in the same boat with me on that. And I know Chris has a balance with that. And I understand that, but Or if you want to still get honest content and if you want to, you know, I can tell you this, I got frustrated with Vanderbilt, not with Chris. Obviously when Chris was out for whatever reason, family matters or vacation, and we have a baseball game, you don't see any, you don't see Tim Corbin because if Chris wasn't there, no one else is there to talk to him. Do we want to go down the road to where our only coverage? of Vanderbilt sports and athletics is going to be what Vanderbilt's putting out themselves, which obviously will be biased, or an honest reporting guy, which I think Chris is. I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not saying this to pump up Chris or anything. I'm just telling you folks, we need your help. You may not want to hear that, but we need your help financially. Chris needs your help financially. I don't, but we to keep this going. And to, to, and I know what people want. People love the, the this. And I know the numbers aren't there like they are at Arkansas or Alabama or wherever. But, folks, when, when you – list, there's, I see people at baseball games, basketball games that have come up to me that I didn't know who they were and told me, Luke, I really enjoy your podcast. I really enjoy Chip Frederick and Seabass and whoever else has been on there, Joey's work. And, uh, Chris, I don't know if I should say this or not. You, you can cut it out if you need to, but I don't know that how, how Joey Dwyer, what a great, great kid oh, man. and a great job he's done. What a tremendous job that kid's done. And I don't know how he's compensated or if he's compensated, but that's the kind of stuff that has to be taken care of if this is to continue.
1: Well, he's he's not. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and, and one more thing, and rivals will probably kill me for doing this. There's about three of us that cover the team right now. Robbie Weinstein's the other one. He is a competitor of mine. I have a world of respect for Robbie. Does a great job. and And... You know, probably not the smartest business move to mention your competitor, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> there, there. He he is really good sure. at it. I, I don't want to. I didn't. I didn't feel right going through that conversation, just saying it's me in the Tennessee because he's there too. But he's a one man show. Um, and, sure. and I I just look at it like if you want a good if you want a good visual of what this is like, what what you're up against trying to do this, I would say pick a football game. It's Georgia or Tennessee or Alabama at Vandy, that's a pretty good visual uh, for for what it's like covering the team. I was talking to Trey Wallace this week, um, who used to be my co-host when I was at WNSR, and Trey kind of went into the Tennessee beat for a while and then vaulted up to Outkick, where he's doing pretty good work there as a national writer. Trey told me there's about 30 guys covering UT right now. And I used to talk to the VolQuest guys. It's like, hey, I think you're missing an opportunity covering baseball. And like for, I don't know, until, until two or three years ago, nobody in that city knew that baseball existed in Knoxville. VolQuest <laughs> has got two guys that are there for, for every game they play and every word Tony Vitella speaks, I think. Uh, they've got a much bigger media market now for baseball th- than Vanderbilt does and like you couldn't you couldn't pay those people to go to games or cover games a few years ago and just you're working against a critical size that's against you from the beginning and it's through no fault of I mean like like I said this is why I don't want this to turn into a interpretation of <laughs> of shouting at the people who who support it because like no that's not what we're trying to do like if we're all on the same side here in terms of, of wanting something better. Uh, but, but stuff's got to change. I'll, I'll just be blunt about it. I I think when, when I did the 20 year anniversaries, those were good, but I I almost wish I hadn't done those episodes because it just kind of made me sad in a way. I was like, man, we've put all this work into it. I've been doing some thinking. Look, I would bet you that we've put 40,000 hours of work into the site and the podcasts and the radio shows we've Uh done over 20 years and if you took all the revenue from that and gave it to one person it's still not enough for one person to do it full-time
0: well no 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 not close and i and i want to say this too chris the the people that do support financially and 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 are on the site and so that's obviously appreciated by you but we need more it's that simple you need help if you want to hear other content. you want to hear, continue to hear what you got from baseball, basketball, it, it, you know, if you, if you're not careful right now, the only thing you're going to get is football and baseball. Look, that, that's I the only thing I can
1: justify covering at this point. It really is. And I know, I know people want basketball content and baseball content. I'm at a point where I don't have much time left. Um, in, in terms of just of my week for really since about August, when fall camp started, Between this and the SEC stuff, it has been seven-day work weeks. It's been 70-hour work weeks for the most part. Um, I've got a a nine-year-old son who loves baseball, going to be playing travel ball probably here in a couple years. I've got a girl who plays lacrosse. Um, I've got aging parents. Both of them hit 80 last week. Just found out my mom is in the early stages of Alzheimer's. She's going to need my help. I haven't been around as, as as a kid to help out as much as I need to there. Uh, both my in-laws, we spent a lot of time in Colorado. My father-in-law's in in a wheelchair now. Uh, My mother-in-law needs to be. Uh, and so we got our own set of issues out there. We're probably in Colorado. I don't know, maybe a month out of the year, uh, seeing family on that side and helping. And that's most of my vacation. Um, when I'm taking time off and there's not much, it's usually doing stuff out there with family. And I'm not saying that for people to feel sorry for me. Uh, everybody's got right. stuff they're dealing... And I've got I've got things I'm not even going to get into uh, that, sure. that are beyond my control that have taken a lot of time. And again, it's stuff that affects everybody. Um, but when you're trying to produce a product for an audience under the guise of... The coverage is generally awful. There's not much of it. I shouldn't say the coverage is awful. The people that do it could do good work. But you look at the coverage for, for Vanderbilt compared to everybody else. And again, that's where... That's why we that's why we did this in the first place is we kind of wanted to try to narrow the gap and give people something that resembled full time coverage, uh, even if we didn't always get paid for it, just just out of the pride of doing good work. And that's why you're here. But you kind of reach a point to where you just tapped out. And you you can probably hear it in my voice sometimes. I'm just exhausted at times when I do these. Just having the baseball season end and and having some time to breathe, I'm like, man, that feels good. Not to have to rush here and there. And it's just all these things that are piled up. And if we're going to get this to a different place, and even if we're we're even just going to continue doing what we've done, that's going to need a lot of support that we don't have. And we've got some ideas to – to take this to places that it's never been that we'll get into in a minute, but, but it's all going to be based on, okay, there's, there's going to have to be some people that, that pitch in and, and help us get there because it just can't be, a, you know, I, I say it's me. Jo- Joey worked for free all year last year because I couldn't afford like to pay that. him. And, and I, I said, here's the deal, Joey, I don't have any money to pay you this year. We'll do it as an internship. I'll give you all the advice you want. I'll help you with connections. I would like Joey, when he finishes school three years from now, to be able to hire him full-time. And in the meantime, I would like to be able to pay him enough to justify the time I'm asking him to put in. Because I'll I'll be honest, if if he comes to me about next year, uh, and and we talk, he still wants to do a podcast next week. I'm just going to say, look, if we can't afford to pay you something next year, I'm going to tell you to go get an internship somewhere else that gets you some money because he's worked too hard and he's too good. And the doing this under the guise of an internship where you don't get paid, but I give you some knowledge and I give you some tips and that helps you get to your next thing. He's too good for that now. And it wouldn't be fair to him uh, to, to have him doing that for nothing next year. But if we can get him some money then that's a different conversation. And we probably have him covering some things like football that we didn't have him covering this year.
0: Well, Chris, while it's on my mind, while it's fresh in my mind, what I'd like to say here, and, and it's not a challenge, it's just a, an idea. Everyone that listens to this podcast today, whether you see it on YouTube or whatever,
2: if you're a member or not, Write
0: down three people that you know. You know, I, I'm not wealthy. I do know people who happen to be wealthy. So I'm going to personally meet with three people. If everyone out there can write down three people that come to mind in their lives that could help, support. They don't necessarily have to be Vanderbilt fans. Just someone that knows you and is friends with you. Think of it that way. We're not saying, there's a lot of people we understand are great fans. And the the, the ten bucks they give is all they can do, but if you if you know three people, if everybody on this site goes to three other people, I guarantee you we won't have an issue, because if everyone goes to three people, somebody some of those folks are going to come through, and that's what we need. Yeah, I mean as blunt as, blunt, as blunt as that sounds, that's what needs to happen.
1: And here's this is where I get frustrated too. Again, it all goes back to. It's not, I mean, everything's about the money to some degree, right? Because we all need money to pay bills and everything. But I get frustrated with myself at times where I get asked a lot of questions on the board and and on the podcast, and I just don't know the answers. And I was in a different spot a few years ago where there was enough to justify the time digging into stuff. Like, I'll give you a couple examples. I would have loved to have done a lot of stuff on the collective and how it works and where Vanderbilt's progress is or on the facility stuff. Like in, in another time of my life, I could have done a lot of digging and giving you answers on those things. Like if if you remember three years ago when Turner was on the ropes, we were doing a lot of digging into that story. Uh, and I remember Adam Sparks called me the, the day we broke the. Well, I mean we didn't break it; Vanderbilt broke it. But the, the kind of the background, and I'd been saying on the board for a couple of weeks. I think this thing with Turner is going to end soon. And that's because I was spending an inordinate amount of time digging and calling people. Uh, And I'm not knocking these guys. The hustler wrote a story. I don't know the the week he got fired or was resigned or whatever they want to call it. About the first year of Turner and what's that. Nobody in town had any clue that was coming except us and I was getting I was getting called names <laughs> by people on our own board cuz they're like nobody's saying this is happening but you do you just have an agenda against the guy I'm like no just just wait and see the the contrast I'm making is I used to have a lot of time where I put a lot of effort into digging into those things to give people the answers of what was going on and what what was maybe around the corner and I don't have that time anymore. Um, I just don't, and and that that affects the service. And I, I wish it were different, but it's just not. It's kind of like our job is like hiring a lawyer. You might need him for for three or four hours of court time, but where the real value is, it's the it's the knowledge. It's how long have you practiced, how good at you're making your arguments, um, how much research can you do on the front end of the case, and being in this business, it kind of becomes to the point to where you get paid for your time in court and not the rest of it, and, and that's where everything starts to suffer. You can do that for a while, um, but at some point it catches up to you, and I feel that starting to catch up with me. And again, it's not it's not out of laziness. It's not that I don't want to serve the audience. I'm just tapped out. And I'm to the right. point where like, well, if I'm going to put my name on something, I don't want it to be halfway. I want it to be really good. And if that means that, okay, um, I've got this much time and this much resources to be good – Maybe that means we just become a football site and a podcast and we don't do anything else. I hope that's not the case. But that's kind of the point where we are with everything, is I don't want to put something out there with my name on it if I don't have the time and the resources to put out the product that I'm used to putting out. And and that's where I get frustrated just from a professional sense of pride that we're in that spot.
2: Well.
0: And this has been mentioned to me from several people when I, again, at basketball and baseball and football games, they say, Luke, you think there's any way we could get one of the coaches at Vanderbilt on there to do a podcast? Well, sure. But
1: we can do anything people want if they support it. We'll we'll cover women's golf if that's what they want.
0: That's exactly right. And that's what I tell people because people say, you know, I've even mentioned a couple of times on here, Look, you know, people always want to make fun or laugh about bowling, being national champions. Well, look, if it's that easy, then why don't everybody else become, uh, have a bowling team and they become national champions. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like the guy that says, man, if I was, if I was him, if I was as big as him, I'd be the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, why aren't you the lightweight champion of the world? You know, it's that type of thing. So what I'm saying to folks is this. If you want, you're not going to miss this until it's gone.
2: It's like a good coach or a
0: great restaurant. You don't realize how much you miss it until it's not there available anymore. We start taking things for granted. Everybody does that. And I just don't want it to go away. And I hope everyone out there feels this. I know everyone out there feels the same way. So let's, let's do everything we can to make things better because I don't want it to just be football. I care about all 16 sports over there. And I think there's somebody on this board that cares as much about tennis as they do baseball and vice versa, So whatever other sport there may be, women's basketball. So, you know, there's,
2: there's things that can be discussed. And backing to get
0: all that done, we can report on every bit of that. I say we, Chris and his crew. But uh, I just wanted, I wanted to put my two cents worth in because this will be, I guess, probably my final podcast for a little while and I want everybody to know I've really enjoyed it so far and I want it to continue before it to continue and for things to go the way we expect them to go uh people have to help
1: yeah and and I've got some very specific things in mind with with things I want in terms of people and uh some of which I'll get into some of which I want and some of which are are products And, and it's kind of all right it's like well you know in order to to do more work you got to create more work that's kind of what the way it works at vanderbilt or, or covering the right. site but at the same time if i can create products that people will pay for then i can afford to hire more help i'd, I'd love to hire joey that's first priority on the personnel side i've also approached somebody else uh, i won't name the name but is amenable to to helping us out um And I think would be very capable helping us in a lot of ways. Uh, If I can get the funding, I would like to get my recruiting guys a little bit more and expand our coverage, a travel, there's nothing travel. I've never had a travel budget Um, in the history, doing the site. Every time I take a trip to somewhere, it's, it's taken the money out of, you know, what, what we have here at home. I, I would love to be able to go to Omaha or for us to go to Omaha or to an NCAA tournament without, having to worry about that or to Hoover, you know, a travel budget. If somebody would like to underwrite, that would be phenomenal. Um, That would be another stress. Yeah.
0: I promise you, Chris will not get the Ritz Carlton folks.
1: No, 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 I I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's not. And and the other thing, um, well, we'll get into that part later, but I mean, I would like to do, I've always had in my mind, like if we could do whatever we want to do and I had the checkbook that other outlets have, uh not only do you get more podcasts, there'd be more written coverage of stuff. I've wanted to um have more of a recruiting budget to send people to watch kids play, which we do that some, but again it's a it's a really it's a really tiny budget and, and that's that comes out of a very limited pool. Um, and we've also talked about bringing back the football post game show. We probably wouldn't use a radio station. We'd probably do it on YouTube. I would love to get that funded. If we could get advertisers and partners for that, uh, I think that would help me be able to hire some more help. And if we did it there, we'd do it for basketball and baseball too. I've thrown those out at times, Uh you know, on the podcast or certainly on the board, but no, nobody's bitten on that yet. In fact, I mean, we have the advertising inquiry at the end of the show, every show. And in a typical year, I don't have anybody reach out to say, how can we help? So yeah, we're just kind of up against it here. Yeah, and I, you know,
0: Chris, I think we said enough. I think we, we are at the point to where everyone understands wh- where you're coming from and where uh, this site's coming from. I, I just hope it works because, again, I want to thank you. I've enjoyed doing the podcast. And, uh, you know, it, it, this all started whenever I had some inside information whenever I left Vanderbilt. And uh, you were able to trust me. You know, I here, here's the thing, and I want to say this about Chris to, to the audience. There's several people that were friends of mine that outside of Vanderbilt that thought, well, here's a guy. He, he was a lifer at Vanderbilt. What he's going to say is sour grace because it was the end of the line and he's, he's just an old, grumpy old man. Well, people found out that what I said was true. And I appreciate all the things that I've gotten. I've gotten people emails from folks that said, Luke, we appreciate you standing up and saying what was true and uh, not misleading anyone. Uh, I appreciate those folks. So, uh, And I appreciate Chris for giving me that platform because he did that at a risk. Chris, Chris knew me, but he didn't know he knew of me. But he did his research and he found out that I was had been a trusted guy, and uh, he let me he gave me the airtime to uh, expose some things that needed to be exposed, and then it's grown into this podcast that I do with him through for baseball, basketball, football, and I've enjoyed it. So Chris, I want to thank you for that, and uh, hopefully today will help and, and we can get uh, get some more funding and get things where this will be improved even more
1: yeah and thank you too and thank you to Chip Frederick Chip has been really good I've gotten so many good comments on the podcast I've done with you and him and Chip has offered to kind of help out with with shows with football and baseball shows I think just for free if we're interested in doing them side I have a skeleton in my mind of a lot of stuff I want to do but again the, the gap between that and being able to pull it off um you know, and do all the other things I do is just is just pretty substantial. I, I think that obviously when he partners for, for sponsors on on these things in terms of, um, you know, businesses, and, and here's the thing, if you're looking at this as a business deal, uh, you know, and, and that's how you're going to evaluate it, go, go sponsor GoBigOrange.com or whatever because you're going to get more return on it. It's got to be people who care about the product. Uh, And I'm not saying we won't do everything we can do to to help your business or whatever. But, and my wife keeps calling me, we got a repairman on the way. Um, Yeah, anyway, um, I I think that's one thing. And the other thing I've thought about doing is trying to create sort of a, maybe a a lunch club where we meet three or four times a year and you pay a fee to get in that. Maybe we can bring some ex-players we know. That kind of thing. Um, you know, for for a little extra, we can have some stories that maybe we can't tell on podcasts, that kind of thing. So, like, if you're interested in that, um, you know, we, we may put a price tag on that and um, and try to figure out something there just as another way to raise some revenue and give people a little something.
0: Well, Chris, I, I've, I've enjoyed this. I'm glad we brought all this out because it has to be done. Uh, and I, I, I feel I, re, I feel assured that people will, will step forward.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing for me, I'm going to have a sense of closure on this one way or the other. I, I'm either going to sure. go into it with, with the product, something a lot closer to the product that I've always wanted to offer, or, or just the, the knowing that, hey, we tried everything under the sun. We could. I mean, 40,000 hours or, or so or whatever uh, we put uh, in, I think that's pretty close. It might even be short. Like, if, no, if you do that... And I don't think anybody can say we haven't put our best foot forward. And if people just decide it's not worth it at that point, I can I can live with that and move on and spend my time on on other things. Again, we're not going away. We might just be a football site and podcast at that point. But um, I'll have peace about this either way. And I think next year. Hopefully, if we're doing these, I mean, I don't take anything for granted. It's all based on support. But hopefully, whatever work you're going to get from me going forward either way is going to be better work because I'm going to be more at ease with whatever those answers are. Either it's going to be I'm really honed in on football uh, and I can spend some extra time getting some answers there or we can kind of do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, Luke, I, I know you're going to help me with some of this. Is there a place where people yeah. can reach out to you? And here's one more thing. This is really important too. don't give money. Um, you know, I, I do have people that have donated from time to time. We want to kind of gauge the interest and get pledges on things and talks about sponsorship, because what I don't want to have happen is people to say, Hey, here's money I'm going to give towards the cause. And then people are given money, but it's not enough to move the needle with the product. What I want or people say hey if you if you're going to do this, here's my willingness to help and and maybe kind of make a pledge, but i'm I'm not going to collect a single penny from anybody uh until I know what the picture looks like because what I don't want to do is, is take money and and not have anything more to show for it in terms of what we can offer
0: I guess the best way for someone to reach me is on the site is just to post you know hey I, I always monitor the site and I watch." And I look for questions. Anyone that wants to get in touch with me, a lot of you already have my uh, information. However, the best way would be to post and say, hey, Luke, I wanted to talk to you about so-and-so, you can contact me at this, whether it be, you know, an email or however, or text or You just let me know and I'll get back with you and be glad to talk to you, meet with you, have a lunch with you, anything I can do to help out.
1: Well, Luke, you've been a lot of help. Hopefully, there will be a future episode with with the two of us. Beyond that, I'll do a podcast with Joey next week on basketball. Um, Beyond that, I don't know where this is going or not going, but we got a summer to figure some stuff out. So uh, thank you, as always, for your help, and thanks to the audience for listening.
2: Thank you, Chris. See you soon.